Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome on in to the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. Coming up later, you'll hear my interview with Fox Sports' Charlotte Wilder. She's currently touring the nation, stopping at college football hotspots. She's really dove in. She's tackling the project in a really cool way of telling the stories of what makes each spot unique. I checked in with her at the halfway mark to see how things were going And it was a great conversation. Hope you stick around for that. But the business of the day, as it stands right now, Big Ten guy checking in. Everybody knows that about me. Fiercely proud of the Midwest. We are nice here. You know what? We're not going to beat our chest. We are not going to demand attention. If you want to give it to us, that'd be great. Can't help but notice, five of the top 11 teams in the AP poll reside from the Big Ten Conference, 45% by my math, maybe by your math. Again, Midwestern education, public school could be off there. Don't have a calculator, not going to go get one. Let's go through them one by one. Number three, Iowa. You know what? Kirk Ferentz, people forget this about him. In 2015, he was a yard away from the college football playoff. Michigan State defeated them in Indianapolis. They opened the season with a convincing win against Indiana. Now, Indiana has problems. We understand that. Michael Penix is not the Michael Penix of last year. Then they went and played rival Iowa State. They got a 10-point victory on the road, catapulted them even higher up the rankings, took care of business against Kent State, then Colorado State. Then last Friday, they go into Maryland and post a 51-14 to victory. It really wasn't that close. This team has an impressively stout defense Great running game. Petrus, the quarterback, takes care of the football. He loves those tight ends. This is a classic Iowa team. They are primed this weekend for a battle with number four, Penn State. Penn State, we all know their deal. Go on the road to Wisconsin the first week. Beat them. Wisconsin, again, that's a victory that does not look as impressive with time. Wisconsin's now one and three. They beat Auburn Saturday night in a whiteout game. Eight points. That has grown a little bit with considering Auburn's now four and one and just one in Death Valley, LSU. Last weekend, they blank Indiana 24 nothing. 
Sean Clifford has really matured. He's shown that he can be a quarterback of a team that has championship aspirations. I still haven't seen the explosiveness on offense that I would like to see, but they will have plenty of chances to prove it down the line. Number seven, Ohio State, four and one. Now we know they lost to Oregon. That game was kind of weird considering that Oregon just lost at Stanford. Oregon also struggled with Stony Brook. Week to week in college football, you're going to get different teams. And we knew that coming in this year with a different quarterback, it was going to be an uphill battle. No real problem scoring, okay? Everybody worried about would they have the defense to compete. Week one, they give up 31 to Minnesota, 35 to Oregon. The last three weeks, been a bit more of a vintage team here. Tulsa gets 20, Akron gets seven, Rutgers gets 13. You can already see how the Buckeyes are creeping back up. The schedule opens up quite nicely for them. They'll have an opportunity against Penn State the day before Halloween. They get Penn State at home. They get Michigan State at home. Then they have to go on the road to Michigan. We all know the story there. They will be favored, even if they are not the better team. Michigan has to exercise so many demons against them. Let's talk about Michigan. All the credit in the world to Jim Harbaugh. This season looks like what everybody thought every season was going to look like with Jim Harbaugh. He's doing it in a different way. Living here, it has been quiet. There has been very little chatter. There's been very little hype. There's been very little beating of chest. All Michigan has gone out there and done is played vintage Wolverines football with an incredible running attack, an unbelievable defense. Hutchison on the, on the defensive line is a wrecking ball. The secondary is always tough. Harbaugh brought in all these young assistants to try to inject some new life into the program. He got in better shape. Now, some of that's a little bit funny. I've noticed during the broadcast, they keep mentioning that he's almost at his playing weight, like he's going to go back out there and play. If he does, now that's a major story. We'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. I like this Michigan team a lot. I really do. This week, they go to Nebraska. Always tough to win two road games in successive weeks against Power 5 opponents. Nebraska is physical and tough. They will give them a game. After that, the aforementioned game at rival MSU. They have to go to Penn State, and they also have Ohio State. So if Michigan is going to break through and finally get to Indianapolis for the first time in the program's history, which is shocking when you consider how long the game has been around, they will have to go through a gauntlet. But the vibe around this program is definitely better. It might be the year. It really might. Finally, Michigan State, number 11, my team. Shocker. Cannot believe we're here. Mel Tucker bringing this program back to 11. It's going to come crashing down at some point. Don't get me wrong. That might be this weekend at Rutgers. I don't think that's a layup game. But the Spartans are back in the national conversation, and they're doing it in a new way with unbelievable skill position players. Kenneth Walker Jr., the third, is the best running back in college football. Jaden Reed leads the nation in all-purpose yards per game. They have speed on the outside. They have speed on the inside. They have game breakers. The defense has put up yeoman-like numbers. Now, Western Kentucky got them for 31, but if you watch that game, that ball was being thrown around all day. Even the best teams, I think, would have given up 21. No need to sweat about that. I am so impressed with where the rebuild is at right now. Real chance 
We're going to get undefeated Michigan versus undefeated Michigan State the day before Halloween. Also, I think that's when the World Series wraps up. So um, cancel all your appointments. That's going to be an insane weekend. But when I look at the Big Ten, I am so enthused that all these teams are playing well and there's a depth there. The SEC is going to get all the attention and they have the two best teams in the country in Alabama and Georgia. And I think that there's a significant drop off after that you get to the third, whether you want to give that to Iowa, whether you want to give that to Penn State at this point. But how competitive and how fierce will the fight be down the road, down the stretch in this conference? I'm really excited to see it shake out. This year of all the years with Ohio State slightly down, even though they're rounding in form, it feels more wide open than it ever has been. And I'll tell you, it's really fun. The Rose Bowl is in play. For anybody who misses the playoff and for a couple of these programs like Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State, not a bad consolation prize. Now, is the Big Ten the best conference in college football? Probably not. Is it the most compelling? Definitely. All right, coming up next, my interview with Charlotte Wilder of Fox Sports after this long pause. I like it. Um, So as we welcome Charlotte Wilder in, Fox Sports, Dos Equis, Ultimate College Football Road Trip, People Sports Podcast, kind of a Cordell Stewart role for you, the Slashy, the Antoine Randowell. You're doing a lot of different stuff. Welcome in. Thank you so much for having me, Kyle. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I, uh, I actually have trouble telling people what I do when they like if I meet new people who don't know me outside of my job, and they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, well, um... And it happened the other day, and I just said, do you like sports? <laughs> and the person was like, yeah. And I was like, I do that. <laughs> I, do all the, I do all the sports. Um, you know, I'm in, I've got my hand in a lot of different things. Don't worry about it. The, yeah. the paycheck clears every week. There's no need for you to know all the specifics of what like, I'm doing. Don't worry. Just like, I don't know, look at my Twitter, in which case I also apologize in advance for. So, you know, there's no good answer. But yeah, I'm you know, doing a ton of stuff where uh, we've got this live road trip going. So, you know, I think last weekend we were at LSU, we did, we shot four features, um, did, you know, all these behind the scenes, social media stuff, put on a full live show in a torrential downpour. I wrote an article uh, and I stepped back from it and I'm like, you know, in the moment, you're just, it's just like, go, 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 go. And you're on such a high, the joy of doing the work really carries it. And and there's so much of it, but it is very hard to explain to people without sounding like you're just listing your job, your tasks at work. It's like, if you ask an accountant what they do, they wouldn't be like, well, you know, I balanced the budget for this account. And then I uh, had lunch with this client. It's like, it's very hard to just have a word for it. So how many stops in are we at this point how many steps so we have done four which is insane which is halfway through the tour we've been to madison we've been to ohio state we've been to oklahoma and just finished uh lsu so i think when you know when i've seen that the work that you've done and you're doing this with mark titus i'd be remiss if i did not mention him kind of a glory hog. He's going to want his name mentioned. Uh, you know, I've heard, I've heard things about what a teammate he is. So I want to make sure, you know, you're not doing this alone. No, I'm you not do doing have a co-pilot here. Mark is there. Mark is there. He's doing the features. We're doing the live shows together. We're, um, you know, we're going to the games. We're all, it, it's a, it, this is 
the biggest team effort we have uh, all, I mean, at least I in my career have been a part of. There are, this is the biggest, I can't really explain to you what a huge opportunity this has been for me, what a huge undertaking it's been for a digital team. It's like, we're pretty small and scrappy, but we've got, I think there are, God, I'm going to count wrong, but maybe somewhere around 10 of us who travel every week. And that includes the 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 guys who who put the live show together who make sure i mean it's it's an insane undertaking these live shows they're at a local bar so our crew gets there we've got the the best tech guys in the business um you know we've got tom thomas mason ferris hopkins um rick prodeselski who sort of oversees it as the director but then chris cheshire's on the ground directing it john hill's got a camera um, you know, I'm, I don't want to keep naming names cause I'm going to leave people out, but it's I'm writing them all down. I'm writing no, them all it's, down. It, it, it's the kind of thing where I want to give this. Is, it looks like me from the outside. It looks like Mark from the outside, but the number of people behind the scenes, I mean, my producer, Kristen Scott, as far as I'm concerned is deserves the genius grant, like the things that she is wrangling because, you know, we're planning like last weekend we're in LSU she's planning the Texas A&M trip we have coming up with, you know, it, it, it's like, uh, you're, you're doing 10,000 things at once and everybody's really pitching in and, and putting up and, and making it look easy and, and amazing and having it be a live show that it works for an audience while also streaming back online and our guys in LA guys and gals in LA who are making that hat. Like I, I, it's very hard to explain the, the enormity of what it is behind the scenes. And I think the fact that it makes it look seamless is such a testament to the people we've got working on this. What have you learned about college football that you didn't fully grasp? You've got the opportunity to go to four dynamic spots. You've got a chance to feel the different energy that's in the air. You've got to do like the cool traditional things, uh, play in the band, you know, you're out there at midfield at Ohio State. I think I saw you driving around on a, a rig uh, in Oklahoma. And then I don't even want to ask about what you got in down to at LSU because what happens in Baton Rouge is best left in Baton Rouge. Yes. What have yes. you What have you learned about the sport and its fans um, throughout the first month? You know, Kyle, it's it's really interesting because I – you know, I'm from outside of Boston and, you know, grew up in Boston and Maine and had no idea to give you a perspective. Like, first of all, I didn't come up in the sports world. You know, I, I was just a journalist and USA Today took a chance on me five and a half years ago. And I didn't know who Kevin Durant was at that point. And I think I, I, I was drawn to this because I saw that sports were where you could have fun. Sports were the place where that you could tell the serious stories when you wanted to but you can also have a personality and goof around and people are there for that. And it's not disrespecting the subject matter. It's actually celebrating it. And I don't think I realized that, first of all, I didn't know college football was really a thing the way that it is, but I didn't realize that it was the perfect thing for me. It felt like not, not to make this about me because it's about celebrating the fan bases, but I didn't understand the degree to which this is home for people college football is an extension of yourself and your family and your identity in a way that, you know, loving the Red Sox or the Patriots might feel that way. Um, and certainly is for people in new England and pro teams certainly can be that, but I've said this before, you can't 
you didn't go to Gillette for college, you know, like you, you went to LSU, you walked those streets, you walked, you, you, you saw those creepy, beautiful trees or your, or your parents did, or your grandparents did, or no one in your family did, but you live there. So it feels like yours. Like there's intense ownership over this sport that I think I, I knew. And, you know, I did a, a big story a few years ago where I went to, um, Clemson, Florida, and Ohio State in a row, but it, it wasn't quite as immersive. And so I think what I've learned is there's a level of dedication and um, almost selflessness that comes with this sport that fans give to it. And it, it is less about anger almost than professional sports can be where, you know, you're like, oh, fire, you know, fire the coach, fire the, it, it's more about like LSU lost at home to Auburn for the first time in 22 years when we were there. And still everyone after the game was just like, these are still our guys. We love this team. Like we'll be back. You know, there, there, it was still as much about the pageantry and the fact that you were in death Valley on a Saturday night, which has been a bucket list item for me since I started working in sports that carries sure you can be disappointed but you're never gonna you're never gonna have a um negative connotation with that team because of a loss because they are your people if that makes sense no i i i totally understand it i i, I went to michigan state and mm-hmm. i think about it you know surprising success a decade ago um for about five years, but it was always like, Oh, can they get eight wins? Can they get seven wins? It wasn't necessarily about like being a national title contender because it wasn't realistic. It's still probably not realistic, but it's, it's home, you know, like that's where my wife went. That's where you walk around the neighborhood. There's either a Michigan, Michigan state, Notre Dame, Wisconsin flag, whatever it might be. And you feel that energy on Sunday because there is that connectivity to it. And I wonder if you agree, there's a different sense of pride when it comes to college sports and especially yes. college football. This is our thing. This is the way we do it. This is our unique recipe, which doesn't really exist in the pros because yes, there are unique franchises like the, the Patriots for one, but it's, there's a level of like homogeneity in the pros that you don't get in, in college football because it's like, well, okay, what experience are we getting? What type of people are these? It's regional. It's all that stuff. And to be able to jump in and feel the way that that feels in the air must be so exciting. It is, it is a high. I can't express. Yes, I completely agree with you. First off, I, I think that there is a, I think college football fans are much more realistic about their sport than pro fans because if you think about the NFL it's actually something that's really opened my eyes on this trip is watching so many college football games and and seeing these guys so close and and you see the sloppy plays and you see the things that that don't happen in the pros and then coming back on Sunday and watching NFL games on on the plane and then when I get home it's this this sport is so hard like it is it is so unbelievably difficult to be really good at football, um, both from an individual and team perspective. And I think that is something that gets lost because I'm, you know, I'm watching, I forget what game it was on Sunday, but maybe it was even Zach Wilson, you know, who's not been great for the Jets, who completes this unbelievable pass. And I was like, you know, after watching LSU completely blow it in the fourth quarter, it's like, 
there is a there is a difference in parity in the league and in college so that you have to as a fan first of all there are only four teams who are going to make the playoffs and there are only probably six teams who have a shot and if you are a even this year an LSU fan you know you're not going to be one of them so you have the expectations set from the beginning after the first game, you're like, oh, we know how this is going to go. And so then it's about managing your expectations. And and so the sense of pride comes from being there anyway. The sense of pride comes from riding for your team and riding for your school, especially when they're bad. And I think that that's something that pro sports, sure, you have, and there's a sense of, I, I think the most romantic thing in sports is losing, actually. I think that being a fan of a losing team is probably one of the more you know people complain about it but i actually think it's the most beautiful thing in sports because it 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 shows what you're willing to go through for the thing that you love and that represents you it's not really about sports at that point it's about being a long suffering fan and wallowing in the misery with other people and i think in college sports going to each different fan base not only is the the parity between teams not there, the parity between fan bases isn't there. Like, I don't think there's a huge difference. And, you know, Bills fans are going to murder me for this. I don't think there's a huge difference between Bills fans and Raiders fans, if I'm being completely honest. I think that there are cultural differences. I think that there are regional differences. But I think at the end of the day, there is a chance that both of them are going to see a payoff at some point. And I think that when being dropped into Wisconsin, being dropped, you know, parachuting in, first of all, I take that as such a huge responsibility. Like people are welcoming me into their homes and trusting me with their stories and hoping that I tell them accurately. And I take that unbelievably seriously. I think it's a massive responsibility and I don't want it to be about me going into a place. What do I think about a place? I want to be the lens that people can, can meet these fan bases through. Um, And if I'm doing my job right, someone who watches the stuff, watches the live show, watches the features, who meets me on on the ground will learn something. Um, And so the differences between the people has been so fascinating. I, I, I feel just, you know, I was a history major and a creative writing major and like this is this is my dream. It has been my dream to regardless of sports or not go around the country and meet people because that to me is what else are you doing? Like, what are, what are you doing if you're living in these silos and the common theme across all the fan bases has been how welcoming they have all been. They're all extremely different. And if you want, I can tell you the differences between them because it's absolutely hilarious. And I, I've just loved getting to let's hear it. Let's hear them. So I, you know, Wisconsin was every I the, the common theme though is that everyone's been psyched to have us, which is hilarious because we're a curse. Like almost every team except every team except for Oklahoma has won. I mean lost at home. Um, and people are still like, oh come on, like, do you need this? Do you need that? Come to my tailgate. Like, I'm so happy you're here. Like, they want to show off what they have. They want to be like, we want you to love Wisconsin more than you love Ohio State. And then Ohio State's like, we want you to love Ohio state more than we want you to love Oklahoma. And then Oklahoma's like, well, you like love us more than LSU. And I'm sorry to say, I completely fell in love with LSU, but that's not because of the people anywhere else. Um, Wisconsin, Wisconsin felt 
incredibly warm and comforting, I think would be the the vibe that I got from the whole trip. Um, there's a a level of it really kind of felt like going to your family, your extended family for Thanksgiving. Like that was the vibe that I got of Wisconsin. The loss didn't matter as much. Like people were still, of course you want to win, but like there was a real kind of comfort to the place. I think Ohio State, the people were very warm, but the shoe and the team and the reputation, I found it intimidating and cold in the most respectable way. You know, like I, I, I was, I was, I respect how intense it is um, as a sort of cultural phenomenon. I think, oh, Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma was just wild because Norman is, you know, oh, oh there's one main drag and that's the main downtown. Um, and the people, I got to spend time on this ranch and they keep the ponies who pull the Sooner Schooner that goes around after every touchdown and, and they're real life cowboys who are working there. You know, this kid, John Carter from Texas showed me around and everything I asked was yes, ma'am, or no ma'am. And, and, and just the, the sense of pride in the heritage of being these scrappy people who showed up and were like, we're going to make it work in this dust bowl essentially. Um, which was when the team was founded, you know, it was founded because the school president was like, we need something to make people happy. Maybe a winning football team will do it, which uh, my colleague RJ Young, who does college football and is, is from Oklahoma, was explaining to me. And then LSU was just, I mean, Mark and I spent an hour on, a, on our podcast yesterday talking about how different and incredible LSU was. And it's not better than any, none of these places are better than the other. They're just different, and and that's what makes it so worthwhile. That's what makes you, you you feel. I feel like I'm being dropped into these different countries, almost. You know, where LSU was wild and spooky and confident. Like everybody there knows. They're like, we don't have to tell you how great it is here. Like, sure, come on down we're not going to proselytize about this because like, once you get here, you'll get it. And there was a sort of spookiness. And I, I wrote about, I wrote about this one. Um, and I think I said, I've never been in a place that was so ghostly and so alive and vibrant at the same time. And the people were just come on in. But I did a tour of all the RVs in the, in the parking lot. And everyone was like, what can I get you? Do you need to use our bathroom? Do you need a water? Do you need a beer? Do you need, we have boot and balls. We have etouffee. We, you know, just like giving everything all the time. And that is the common through line is that people have been so generous, um, not only with their time and their food and their, but, but with their stories and with opening up and giving, us a chance to show that to the world, which takes a lot of trust, you know? I think it's really admirable um, that you're approaching this from a journalistic lens. Um, I think that the easy way to do it would be to go around and just do a little entertainment, right? But I think that your background is a writer. And when you're a writer, you care about the words that you write intensely, right? And especially like, Anytime you do like immersive journalism, right? Like you're excited, but it's also like, oh, I need to get this right. And there's so much to tell. 
And it's so important for me to accurately reflect it. So I think it's really smart. Like from the outside, you know, it can kind of look like a candy store a little bit. And there are some elements of that, which is cool and necessary and important. But I really, I really respect that. You're like, you're digging deeper, you're looking at it and you're, and you're doing those things and you care enough to ask people what they think and what, tell me what this place means to you instead of like ascribing your own perceptions to it. Right. So I was just curious, like, is that your, from your background as a writer? Because I know that a lot of what you've been doing is, you know, audio or video form in the last couple of years, but you never really put that skill and that storytelling thing. It's the most intense, like personal thing you can do. Do you think that's what has inspired you to approach it from, from that angle? Well, first of all, I don't know whether it's, I'm a little tired right now, but you're going to make me tear up, Kyle. That is the, that is the, that is truly the highest compliment you could give me because I don't know what it looks like from the outside. I know what I put out and I can look at my Twitter feed. I can look at my Instagram. I can look at our app, but I'm too in it to be able to really know what, how it comes across. And yes, one, 1000%, I think I, I never want, I think, and, and someone listening to this might be like, okay, Shar, but like, I, I don't want to be the story. I don't, I want to be the lens that you see the story. I want to be the vessel for the story. And that is, that is extremely important to me because I think that it is a huge, huge, huge honor to be able to go to these places and to have people trust me. And if they're doing that and they're opening up to me, then I have to do them justice. And I felt that way. That is 100% from my writing background, because when I started, I was not, you know, like, I think the first big story I did that I was actually proud of was 2017, the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I went there completely by myself. Uh, There was no audio. There was no video. I think I put like one Instagram post up to announce that I'd written the story. And I just wrote the story. And, and it was unbelievably important to me that I hit every aspect of it. I, I went to this, this woman's restaurant and I can't remember her name right now, which I apologize for, but I'll go back and look who, um, you know, she, she was a black woman and she had put on a celebration of black jockeys uh, every year and had to stop doing that because they couldn't make ends meet. And to me, I needed to make sure that when I went to the Kentucky Derby and I examined what is this place and what does this represent that I, that I get the whole story. And I think going to these places and, you know, I just, a feature came out that I did on the LSU Tiger Girls, for example, who are the dancers. Um, We just posted that today. The dancers who are in the end zone, who you might look at and think, oh, like, that's cute. You know, they've got their pom-poms and people write that off. And, but to me, I look at it and I'm like, this is what I think is fascinating because if you really dig a tiny bit deeper, first of all, I'm, I'm very interested in highlighting people who don't often get highlighted in terms of college football, because I think that the thing that makes it different from the pros are all of the extras, um, are the traditions, are the pride people feel in their band and in their dance team, in their, in their student newspaper, in their student broadcast station. Um, And there's real ownership over that. And so I went to a practice with the Tiger Girls and they do an hour of strength and conditioning before a two and a half hour practice. And my abs are still sore. And I don't know whether that says more about me or their workout because I'm 32 and I'm not in the best shape, but they, 
they, the, the thing that they wanted me to tell the story, they were like, please, please make it clear that we're athletes. And I was like, watching it, people don't see that all they see are the shiny uniforms and the pom-poms. And this is a top three dance team. Like they're going to hip hop and jazz competitions. And for football, they need to do the football cheers. And there's less of the less of the, the, these are all classically trained ballet dancers or jazz dancers or hip hop dancers who come to LSU to dance. And their coach, Candace Hale was like, why aren't we at football games? And in 2019, she got them at football games because she was like, we need the visibility. People need to know what we're doing here. So the girls who'd been trained as dancers had to learn how to do pom-poms, which is an entirely different skill. And so being immersed in this and then being able to, to tell people like, hey, this is not just, you don't just show up on Saturdays and know what to do with your arms. Like they taught me a dance. They taught me a, a 30 second dance that is, it, it's hard to learn this stuff. And they show up having learned it from videos posted online and then they put it all together and they're ready to go because they're that good and in that good shape and that talented. And so, yeah, I think that my my journalist background is really what's driving my approach on this whole tour because I think this is the best job in sports right now. And I don't wanna I don't wanna waste a second of that or have any moment where I'm like, man, I should have told that story or like I should have dove in deeper on this because how often am I just going to be, this is my dream. Like this has been my dream since I was 10 years old to be like, drop me into a place and let me meet the people and tell the stories. Like I hated going on vacation because I hated being a tourist. I didn't want to be there on a surface level. And so the fact that it's coming across that way is, is, um, is very moving to me that you say that. Wildly shifting gears, taking the temperature down, uh, getting do less emotional here. Yeah. I did have a question for when you are, when you're at the game and they're doing a promo and you know, yeah. you're on the national Fox broadcast and they're talking about your project. Yeah. What's the inner monologue there? Is it a situation where you don't know what to do with your hands or do you have, do you have an approach for that? What, any tips? You know, it's actually, I feel like I, tr it, it's training. I'm dead serious. It sounds so stupid, but like, so they'll come up and the camera guy is on you. And I don't know how long they're going to be on me for. So the only thing I'm thinking of is how can I make this interesting? I think what are all the different things I've learned about the school that people say, like, you know, it, at Ohio State, it was like, go Bucks, OH, um, you know, like at Oklahoma, it was like one Oklahoma or, you know, like, Madison, it was, um, well, Madison, we kind of messed up that hit because we didn't know when that was happening. So there's a gif of me just playing with pom-poms. But, you know, it, it, the only thing that's going through my head is my producer, Kristen Scott, who saying, don't stop smiling because you don't know when they're going to stop being on you. And so you just keep going and it feels in your head like an eternity. It might just be 30 seconds, but I'm saying, being like, I don't know if they're still going. I don't know if they switch lenses but you only stop waving. You only stop like giving the energy once the camera guy nods to you and puts the camera down because the last thing you want is to be on TV being like, are we still on TV? So it, it, it's not so much, it's much more of a, it's like you're entering a sports game and you're not thinking about anything other than like accomplishing the goal, which is winning. <laughs> it's basically like having a staring contest. It sounds like where it's just a resolve of you're not going to get me moving off 
this mental mind yes. space. I'm yes. staying there for the next 90 seconds. I don't care if three plays happens. It's also live TV. Like when I did the Westminster dog show and I had a live hit from the agility show, um, they, I just was smiling and nodding until they put the camera down, which was, which turned out to be good because there was a side-by-side -side of the announcers and me. And I didn't know that, but it's like, it's training, you know, it's like, it's like, it, you have to learn how to do these things. And I also think the fact that I'm on TV at all is insane to me. Like I, my phone blew up with people I hadn't heard from, you know, since college and high school being like, you're on my television. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's incredible. That's so cool. And I don't want to look like I don't want to make Fox look bad. I don't want to make myself look bad. I don't want to make Mark look bad. I don't want to make the team look bad by not looking like a professional when I'm doing that, even if I'm not entirely sure what I'm doing all the time. Can you give me the best thing you've eaten at every stop so far? I, you know, I, this is one area that I actually, Kyle, think I've let some people down on. Um, I tend to, when, you know, we're going pretty nonstop and when I get, nervous or adrenaline bit I, I actually like can't eat really so I've not done the best like I think I need to go back to all these places on vacation and chill out and try everything um I'd say let's see Wisconsin the best thing was by far um Mickey's Dairy Bar the Scrambler and the Blueberry Cobbler we did a food tour there and the Scrambler and I was not psyched about this to be honest because eating a huge breakfast is not something I love, especially if I'm going to be working and I need to like feel nimble and energy. And I was like, Oh God, it's just going to be like a bunch of cheese on eggs. And I ate it and I had a religious experience. I was like, Oh, oh I get it. I was like, I'll eat this whole thing and I'll feel like I could run through a wall. Um, I think Ohio, wait, I went to the factory where they make the Anthony Thomas candy company where they make those individually wrapped Buckeyes that you see everywhere. Mm -hmm. And eating one of those right off the assembly line was, I mean, I also, I'm just such a nerd. I like knowing how things are made. And I saw a Sesame street uh, segment once when I was little, where they went to a factory and ever since I wanted to do a piece where I go to a factory. So my crew was amazing. And they were like, sure, we'll take you to a chocolate factory. <laughs> um, so that was great at, at Oklahoma. You know, the best thing I had at Oklahoma was um, there's this diner called the Mont, which I'm pretty sure used to be in an old church because um, they're stained glass and it was just the coolest vibe ever. And they have a drink called the Swirl, which is a margarita, a frozen margarita swirled with, I think, frozen sangria. And it's very dangerous because you cannot taste the alcohol. Um, and it's very, very good. And then this was, this was something I said on the podcast yesterday that made Mark laugh because it's such a really dumb answer for Louisiana, but we were doing this RV tour and I think it was about one 30 and we'd been going for hours at that point. And, you know, at each stop, everybody in the RVs was like, what can I get you? Do you want some jambalaya? Do you want some of that? And I knew that if we stopped and started eating, like we'd never get the number of we never hit the number of RVs we needed to hit. So I was like, Oh, well, you know, we'll circle back. Like, thank you so much. We'll come back. Um, and it got to a point where I could really feel myself. Like this has also been a huge learning curve in terms of how do you, it's all, I feel like an athlete sometimes where I'm like, okay, how do I sleep enough? How do I eat so that I can keep the energy up? Because it's really three days of constant, I'm putting out energy in order to try to get it back from people and so it was 1 30 and we we're in this rv these people have been tailgating there for like 30 years they had it was their second rv it was 
17 years old. It looks like your grandmother's house. It was filled with tiger stuff. It is formica counters, just like the, the best vibe ever. And this woman who is a great grandmother brings out a Tupperware of, you know, those Martin's potato rolls or like the whole King's Hawaiian rolls, maybe. Yeah, it was it was one of those with mayonnaise, a layer of Swiss cheese, a pickle, ham, a pickle, Swiss cheese, mayo, and then the other bun. And it was probably, you know, like two by two inches. And at that moment in time, I don't know whether I was just really hungry or I just, I love sandwiches. That was the, you know, I know I'm supposed to say like a boot and ball, but like that ham sandwich carried me a lot farther than any ham sandwich has ever carried me. Yeah. And if they're on a roll, it's not really a sandwich. Like as long as it's on that small roll, you can put like seven inches of things and it still counts. as just like a little snack. That's the rule. Yeah. And it was just everything I needed it to be. I had two of them on camera, I think, which is a good look. What are you excited about the next four stops? Oh man. I mean, so we've got Texas A&M this weekend. Uh, which I hear is just its own wild place. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that where they have a, a midnight yell where they practice cheering for the game led by cadets. That, I'm, that I am just fascinated by. Um, and it's completely unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. Uh, we've got Oklahoma State at Texas. Um, I love Austin, but I've only been, this is going to sound very obnoxious, so I apologize, but I've only been during South by Southwest. So I've never seen... <laughs> Actually, no, I've been once. I've been once when it wasn't, but I was only there for a day. So I want to see what Austin's like on a game day, like the real Austin, not the corporate sponsored Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ole Miss, we're, uh, we're going to be tailgating at the Grove, which is also something I've wanted to do my whole career. Um, and then we've got Florida, Georgia, which is, you know, the biggest cocktail party on earth and a parking lot in Jacksonville. And I'm very hopeful that we can get some golf carts for that. Uh, I would love to just ride around the Jacksonville stadium parking lot in a golf cart and like, see who's got a pet alligator out there. Charlotte Wilder, Fox sports, Dos Equis. We'll give Dos Equis a shout out ultimate college football road trip and the people's sports podcast with Mark Titus. Thanks so much for stopping by. And honestly, like I said, it's, it's cool to see you jump into this with both feet and do it in a smart way. Uh, I hope you have a ton of fun on the second leg of this tour. And then when it's done, I hope you take a nap for like four days. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kyle. I, I do want to shout out Dos Equis. You know, I, I, I don't want to, if it weren't for them, this wouldn't be happening. Um, and they have been, they've been a real dream to work with in terms of like, do whatever you want, we'll support you. And that is very rare. Um, so I'm, I'm super grateful for that. I'm, our team's incredible. Thank you for your time. I think anyone who's paying attention and following along, like this isn't anything if we don't have people invested in it. Um, and so it's just, uh, it, it's been a real pinch me. Every stop is a pinch me moment. So thank you for your time. And if you want to talk about the last four, once they're over, just let me know. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.